the progenitor of um, Haka was Tane Rore. So um, uh, Tane Rore uh, was the son of uh, Hineraumati. Um, there were two uh, two sisters, Hineraumati and Hinetakurua, that's uh, the winter maiden and uh, the summer maiden. And um, uh, Tane Rore was the son of Hineraumati, the summer, summer maiden. And um, we have a um, we have a, a saying um, that Tanerori was the progenitor of the haka. But um, in terms of a, a, a stance, um, there's a saying say uh, that goes: "E haka ite haka atanerori, e tu ite tu atanerori, kaua ite tu ite haka ate kirita." Uh, the performers of haka uh, needed to be disciplined both in body and in mind to be able to portray the essence that is required within that particular um, art form. Um, and so um, there were different, um, I suppose you could call them criteria that were a part of the haka. It was the... Um, the te puuioio te onga ua ua, te fetero te arero, te pukano te karu, where those those the things? Yeah, the expressions were all part of portraying Tanerori. Tēnā koutou, uh, ko hōhe paharawiria tēnei, uh, no Ngai Te Rangi, Ngāti Awa, Ngāti Maniopoto, Tūhaurangi. I suppose uh, my involvement with um, with haka and kapahaka was uh, at the, uh, the hem of my mum, who uh, back in the early 60s probably, I was four or five years of age, and I uh, used to go to, mum was the tutor of the Whakatāne Māori Youth Club at that uh, time, and I used to go to their practices, and um, just be around uh, Kapahaka. I suppose that was my first foray uh, into the Haka world. Joe Harawira, storyteller, language and Kapahaka exponent, is about to take up the judge's seat for the fifth time at the National Kapahaka Festival, Te Matatini. It's a role he enjoys. Like most of his peers at the judging table, they are all seasoned performers or tutors. In Joe's case, Kapahaka began while watching his mum perform. Then he did it at school in Whakatane, college at St Stephen's, and then 33 years of kapaka at Teachers Training College in Hamilton and at Te Whariwananga or Waikato. But Joe says kapahaka has a history far from the stage. Before it was competitive, it was all about entertaining the crowds. There's a difference between uh, ngahau um, uh, and uh, I'm, I'm say kapaka groups were set up to do fundraising for particular kaupapa. I know Te Paua Mangata Whiri, uh, in the early days of Te Puea, uh, their group was around um, fundraising um, to help the um, uh, marae. Yeah, the marae. Um, and um, the, the kapaka groups around then, uh, there wasn't all that uh, much competition um, and kapahaka groups. They were family groups um, that uh, supported kaupapa within their particular areas. Some of them were fortunate enough to um, get enough money to travel around um, as a as a whanau. Um, and so, um, yeah, the um, the impacts of competition, um, I think, um, have have lifted performance. 
Um, I, I think they're two very different things than the how stage and the, and the performance stage. I think uh, the performance um, requires different um, thinking um, and um, um, discipline uh, and, and, and things like that. Yeah. In the series, he tangata pūkinga, I'm with Joey Harawera at his home in Whakatane. I'm Justine Murray and this is Te Ahika. I mean, say um, some groups uh, in competition, they, they, they're just happy to be on the stage because uh, they will have to go and have gone through some qualifying, um, some sort mm. of qualifying uh, thing. Um, but uh, you will get, um, um, for my time in Swiss, you'll get groups that uh, are in there to win at all costs and that brings out some negativity, I suppose. Um, that mm. might be a controversial statement because I know that all uh, groups um, who are competitive uh, do um, strive to do the best that they can to be the top. And um, so, you know, it's the journey to be able to get there, I suppose, um, um, uh, that, that I'm talking about when I'm talking uh, competition. Mm. Um, I don't think there's anything wrong with competition. I think um, that um, Haka has grown because uh, uh, the competitive element has um, brought out... Uh, it's, it's an evolving art form. And we have to keep, uh, I suppose, contemporary in a traditional sense. Is that uh, a tough balance? Um, yeah, it's, uh, for, for me it is. For the young, innovative uh, tutors and kapaka leaders that we have, they are able to weave um, that, the tikanga, into um, the elements of a, of a performance to lift. Um, and I see, um, I see dynamism. Uh, I see uh, a different type of energy in the performances that are being performed on stage. Um, I see um, the use of more um, props to um, enhance um, performance. Yes. Um, and, you know, some... the, the the purist would say, you you know, the only props that uh, you should have are the um, the, mo- the 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 tayaha and the, the weapons and the poi and and nowadays you've got um, all of these other things that are coming into which enhance the story, I suppose. Mm. Mm. And it's a different um, stance, I suppose, to in the old days where you just got up and you just did did your performance without any of that. with um, Te Matatini um, as a performer for Te Kapako Te Whariwana Mo Waikato Skaitataki of that uh, group from 1978 to, uh, to 2000, uh, 2008. And, um, yeah, it's a long one, eh? Yeah, that's, a, that, that's long. And uh, the reason um, it went to 2008 was I moved back from Waikato uh, to Whakatane to, to live. Uh, and I was a... Um, the delegate, I suppose, of Waikato Tainui um, onto Te Matatini oh, yes. for about uh, 15, 16 years, I think it was. 
and I was also the chair of the Tainuiwaka Cultural Trust for about 15, um, 16 years. So that was my first involvement in the Matatini. I took my group, Whariwana Ngawakata, to 13 nationals. Um, that's over 26 years. Wow. And my, my last two on the stage uh, in terms of nationals was 2005 and uh, Rangitani. And so my involvement with um, Te Matatini has been since 1978 through to uh, 2005, I suppose. I got into uh, judging fairly, uh, fairly early. I was part of uh, Timoti Karatu was our, our uh, tutor uh, mm-hmm. at the time in the, early, in the, in the late 70s and, and for quite a while leading through until um, uh, about 86, 87, I think. And um, it was uh, Timoti that um, got me into the judging. And um, myself and Tarita Papish, who mm-hmm. was the my uh, kaitataki, the Kaitataki Wahine in 1978 as well. Um, he invited myself, Tarita, Hekia Parata, mm-hmm. Tafiro Maxwell. We were very young students at that time uh, to a uh, competition, actually, a regionals competition here in um, Fagatane. And, um, was our, it like a Tua Matatua regionals? Yeah, yeah. And this was back in um, probably ooh, we were in about 1980, 81, I think. That's, and that's when I got involved in... Um, sort of my first taste of judging because what happened was Timothy invited the four of us uh, young students and what we did was we arrived at the Whakatane Memorial Hall and they had set up a table behind the main judges for us, for us four students. They gave us some judging sheets and they, we had to judge an item that was on the stage and it was a mock, it was a mock judge I suppose. It was yep. getting us Thinking four students involved in what what was required uh, in judging and the like. And after that competition, um, those judges, actually uh, we shared our comments with those judges and we got feedback about what we needed to be thinking about in terms of the the role and what to look for in, Mm -hmm. in performance. That was Joe's first foray into critiquing kapahaka. The judges at the time included Anituatua Black and John Rangihau. Since that time, the early 1980s, he has judged all over the country in most kabaka competitions, secondary school, regional and national. His first te matatini was back in 2009 in Tauranga. Joe is a seasoned performer and when he finally hung up his pupu, so to speak, a natural progression was made to the judging panel, as it is for many who retire from kapahaka. I see um, at this particular moment in time, since 2009, there's been a, a move to succession plan um, uh, into the judging field, and um, there are a number of new faces to the judging panel mm. at Matatini, and I'm, I'm picking that they've done some sort of judging in their regions, uh, leading up to their regions putting their names forward to be able to uh, participate as a judge in the nationals. And so there's a process that that happens uh, with that. Um, names are put forward by the different regions. Yep. The committee will select for the different um, uh, areas that they've put their names in for, uh, and then they'll pull all of those judges in. Uh, they pulled all of those judges in uh, to Napier around about July, August, and then they had a. The judges were expected to stand and to talk about the discipline that they'd been nominated right, for. Yep. So that's the process. That uh, it's, a, it's a it's a long process. This is an involved pro- process. Yes. And Matatini um, 
are very good at uh, um, looking after those judges, um, pulling them in for wānanga, um, reo wānanga, um, rules, wānanga about the rules and, uh, and, and the like. Joe will judge the haka and manukura tāne or best male leader at this year's Te Matatini. He explains what he looks for on the stage. Tuatahi, kai te tu Māori te, te rōpū. Um, you know, you've, get, you've got all the things like um, I look for uh, clarity of diction so that um, you can understand the story that is being portrayed um, on the stage in terms of it unfolding through, uh, through action and through tune, through rangi. Um, of course, you look for those things like the, the ihi and the wehi. You look for, and those are things that you feel. You know, you can see with your eyes, but you, you, you know something's doing to you when you get the heebie-jeebies, he tara kiri, you get goosebumps and, uh, you know, that sort of thing. And that happens, that happens a lot with a lot of those performances. Uh, and um, I think the story is actually the crucial part and how that's portrayed on the stage is, is uh, crucial to me wanting to, to give that mark that I give. So um, all judges start off with a 100. We have a, um, a, base ma- a benchmark mm-hmm. that uh, judges don't go below because um, all of the work and effort that goes into all of these nohotahi, I, I had 36 years of that. You could count on one hand the number of Wednesday practices I missed for the Whare Whanang or Waikato in 30, 32, 33 years of performance. Um, wow. Other than holidays, of course, yep. uh, but we used to have regular Wednesday practices. Then you have the um, uh, you know the practices on the weekends leading up to competition. A group is a rep- is a, a, is a, a representation of a tutor and the skill of a tutor. That's that's what I I see. And so um, you know, uh, with regards to compositions, um, the group are the vehicle to get the story across of what the composer is wanting uh, to say. It might be a historical kaupapa or an issue of the day. Um, and it's up to the... controversy. Yeah, yeah, it's up to the, uh, the tutors um, and the leaders of the groups to interpret what that composer wants from that and portray that on the, you know, on the stage. You must have to be very open-minded in, as a, in the capacity as a judge if something is presented to you that you don't quite agree with, you have to you have to be uh, you have to understand all of the um, the not nuances, but um, the, you have to understand the tikanga of the two of the different lohe. Um, uh, it's not for me to see something that I don't like and to judge them on what is their tikanga, and it might be the the way they lift their foot. Uh, might be the way they um, hold their hands and swing their arms and, you know, that sort of thing. Um, it's, it behoves the judge to understand the different um, styles, I suppose, and, and the different um, tikanga that uh, each of those rohe have in terms of their, um, you know, their stance on stage. So you have to be, uh, you know, quite open to that. Um, there have been examples whereby... Something has been performed on the stage by a group. A particular judge is not happy with it and has marked down um, because it doesn't fit within their tikanga. Mm. But that's not actually right. 
uh, I don't I don't believe that's right. Um, you have to accept everything that comes on on the stage because that's their performance. That's their tick on. You draw the line when um, when you know it crosses the tikanga boundary. So, for instance, there are many, many different types of haka. Uh, there's, there's the peru peru, there's the haka taparahi, uh, you know, there's a um, whole, whole range of um, different t- types of haka. The haka taparahi has got certain um, tikanga attached to it. It's the um, standing upright, um, takahi, the wai wai kotahi, a few furinga, those those sorts of things. Some uh, some ropu, to my way of looking at it, um, push the boundaries to be able to be within tikanga, but actually don't aren't within those bounds at some stages. And so, in order to portray a, a story like, uh, say, maybe the um, separation of Rangi and Papa, um, they're down as a hakataparahi in the program, but they lie on their back and do a pushing up with their feet movement. Right, which is not... Which takes it out of the hakataparahi genre. So those are, those are, um, those are things that uh, you know, you know, don't fit conform with the hakataparahi. But then you've got some people who are very inventive about the hakataparahi and can, and can work within the bounds and push them right to the level. Definitely in recent times we've lost um, many of our um, you know, people that have been instrumental in the world of traditional performing Māori arts. Uh, Mitamuhi, Ngāpōwehi, Ngāpiwaka, Māori Ora Kingi, Tamahuata and recently um, Awanui Arangi Black um, who all contributed to this world of composition haka. What do you think, uh, and sometimes these uh, people will be acknowledged, you can guarantee that of course Tamahuata will be acknowledged in Matatini, um, certainly Awanui Arangi Black with the Tauranga Moana Ropu. What do you think um, the legacy is of, of these composers? Uh, their, their contribution is immeasurable. All of them were composers. Um, all of them were performers. Uh, Machu, Machu was a performer yes. um, and and composer. All of them actually, both both performers and uh, composers. And composers are people who are steeped in knowledge, uh, you know, about the, the stories of their their place, but also have a a deep understanding of the issues of the time. Um, I remember uh, Timothy Karitu did a. Um, did all of our performance compositions um, from '78 through to 2005. Timothy's co-papa were about issues of the day, abuse, um, Lopatu. Yeah, the loss loss of uh, language was a, was a big thing yeah. for for Timothy. Sure, you're you're performing what they want you, you know, what they are wanting to portray in terms of yeah. um, messages. And there's just so many things that come out of a composition. There's the um, there's the story, there's the language, there's the the, the kupu. There's a beautiful kupu um, throughout uh, all of those compositions, and that's the skill of a um, of a composer. They they lived and breathed um, their culture 
of which the performing arts was just one aspect, I suppose. But it was an important aspect uh, for them. And uh, I suppose, I think the one thing that um, puts them apart as people who um, who are strong in that field, the composition field, the performance field uh, and the like, was their experiences and their upbringing, um, their, their culture within their whānau and hapu that brought them through... And for me, it was um, their ability to um, to you to speak the reo and to use the reo in a in a storytelling sense to portray one of our I suppose one of our arts. Mm-hmm. So their legacies are compositions. Their legacies are um, their tutoring of um, young. Um, I remember travelling to. China with uh, Nappi uh, and a group of us. Um, at that time, we went over to a festival there. Uh, what he taught me um, it was it was my first foray into choral choral singing, the four part, five part harmony type things, and it was a it was a beautiful experience. So I can I can I still remember those songs that we learnt. And so he put me into the baritone bass area, and I was I was thought I was just a melody singer. Oh, I can actually hear those different yeah, harmonies and yeah, that little tune yeah. you just sang. Yeah. So there was a bit of melody then, and I, I came in with a bit of the bass, which was my part. But it was how he um, his ear to um, to uh, for the musicality, um, but it was how he. He taught us, he broke us up into groups with our different parts and just sent us away, and that's the only part we learned so that we wouldn't be messed up by... The know, other yeah. melodies. And what I, what I was trying to do when I was um, leader was have the whole group there and then try and teach them their parts, you know, whilst they were all uh, all there and uh, never the two twins shall meet because you were getting sidetracked by somebody else's tune oh. and the like, and... <laughs> Another aspect that Joe says is important in the competition is te reo Māori, the Māori language. He agrees that a wide range of new words should feature in compositions. The word rotten, the, 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 the kupu that is being taught in our kōhanga reo and the kupu that a lot of people know these days is pido. Pido. And um, what we need to understand that there are different, different shades of rotten. You know, you've got the apple that drops off the the tree, the tree. and uh, one week later, it's it's sort of a sort of getting rotten, yeah. and then uh, six weeks later, it's uh, you know it's more rotten than it was. Yep, it's been eaten that by sort the of roots. thing. So there's different shades, and um, there's, so we need to understand that there were different words for the different shades there. That you know, you had um, you got pedo, you got manua, you got popo. There's, there's a whole range of them, and if you were on a scale of um, uh, uh, going from white to black, you go from white into grey and then into black. Those are the different shades of <laughs> things. Wow! You know, and those are the, those are the words that we need to be bringing back, rather than just using the word pedo for for rotten and using pedo for rotten flesh and rotten apple or rotten, you know. So it can have words. different contexts. Yeah, like pedo. Yeah, uh, and uh, the only reason I. I raise that as the importance of us understanding why those old words need to be brought back to give um, 
Yeah, because I, I, I sense that our language is becoming a little bit staid. Mm. And we've got a, a new generation of um, speakers of the language um, whom are bringing those old old words back and they seem to be, um, be being looked sideways by others who say, oh, they're inventing a new language and... Um, uh, you know, uh, we uh, my my crow never heard those words, so I'm not going to use them. That sort of thing. Well, it's it's about the language. It's not about them. It's about um, bringing more colour and, and evolving the language. Yeah. Well, not really evolving because those kupu are always in existence. Yeah, eh? yeah, yeah. So, um, so in terms of the language and the kupu, um, are you seeing that in Matsutsuni lately? The the, the new I that am. language coming back into the fold. Uh, I'm seeing, uh, I'm seeing a beautiful language. Um, yeah, you know, I'm seeing those kupu um, coming back in, and I think um, yes, with those kupu coming back in, the skill is in the storyteller. His command or her command of the language, um, the depth of knowledge of the kopapa that they are writing about. Um, the use of their particular kupu from their particular rohe, it's it's just beautiful in terms of how they how they structure um, and give context to their particular stories. Um, some great composers out there. Great Is that surprising when you see a young tutor? You know, when you see these tutors that are maybe in their mid thirties that have that depth of knowledge, eh? Yeah. It must be a bit surprising as a judge. Um, no, no, it's not. It's um, what it is. Is an, it's indicative of their upbringing um, and their being nurtured, basically in in their culture, I suppose, mm. steeped in their culture, um, um, uh, contact with their kroa and their queer, you know, and their queer and kroa nurturing them, I suppose, in that uh, particular space. So um, uh, it's 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 great to see all of these young mm. composers and speakers um, coming through. I always look forward to uh, Matatini, um, to the national comps. Um, every comp is uh, different. Um, every two is different. Every performance um, is different. Um, every year you can see the bar being has been lifted Every every competition, the bar is lifted. is very very tight at the top top end there. And you can't. You probably wouldn't see much light between the first uh, fifteen teams, I'd say. And so, if you get into that top nine, you've done a, a great job. A great job. There must be some intense concentration going on because sometimes. Oh, yeah, there there is um, intense concentration at the at the end of a, the judging day. You know, you've judged 14, 15 teams, half an hour each. Uh, and um, so that's 14 haka that I've had to, you know, just yep. concentrate, observe. Uh, uh, at the end of the evening after dinner, um, on the, after those performances, you're just drained. You just want to go to go to bed and crash, you know, be fresh for the next day. Kei tua tukitira, Joe Harawira, Chief Judge Te Matatini, Storyteller, Te Reo Wainine, Otua. Kia ora, thank you so much for your time. Kia ora.